everyone. You've made it to season three of Old Dirty Benches. Are you here to listen to white collar criminals get roasted? Then you're at the right place. And here's JD to tell you all about what we do here. What's up, Dirty Benches? If you came here for laughs, shit talking, to hear about wiener schnitzel, or our menopause bellies, then you came to the right place. On ODB, we talk about white collar crime, which costs the country upwards of 300 to 600 billion every year. What, what? That's crazy. Tell me more. White collar crime is typically orchestrated by those in occupational positions with the opportunity to commit these crimes. These crimes include insider trading, fraud, tax evasion, bribery, price fixing, and of course, corruption. We will discuss real cases, related articles, podcasts, and documentaries, movies related to the crime. Occasionally, we may sprinkle a movie review in. Our theme song is performed by Good Co. You can find them on YouTube. And don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave us a review anywhere you stream your podcasts. Hello, Patty. Hello. This is Old Dirty Benches Podcast. ODB. I think I just burped. Okay. <laughs> We're having issues. It happens. <laughs> we ladies. Um, <laughs> I've got more news for you, Ooh. for uh, the listeners and you. Oh. Um, I was reading that uh, Martha Stewart just opened up a new restaurant in Las Vegas. Yeah, I saw it. Remember Did you I, see I it? I sent you the picture of her Did you? Poster. I don't know. I Yes, I certainly did. Okay, maybe you did. But I don't think it was open. I think it was just like advertising it was coming. Oh, okay. Well, it's open now. All right. Uh, so. Vegas, you won't see me there. I I feel like Vegas for me is a every five years, I'm good. Every five years you go? I mean, I don't need to go any more than that. Mm. It's not my place. Let's see. When was the last time we went? We went, ooh, I don't know. We're probably due for a trip. Maybe at least on no. the weekend. It's like flooding and shit down Well, there, I don't want to go right now. Yeah, hell no. It's like hell, literally. Yeah. 200 degrees. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 200 degrees. <laughs> Almost out of water. They're in the middle of a drought. It's not I, looking good, folks. I don't think I would move to a place where there's no water source. Just saying. I don't know. It's really hot out there, too. I know. During the summer. Like, Ooh. things are drying up everywhere. What yeah. are you doing? You know what was crazy is, like, because, um, of course, the lakes are drying out, and then now all these dead <laughs> bodies are, bodies. like, showing up. I'm like, wow, Dexter. Exactly. <laughs> Holy crap. The real Dexter's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they're on to me. Shit. Yeah. Who would have thought, right? Climate change. Uncovering your murders. God damn it, Mother Nature. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that bitch is always wrecking something. <laughs> that shit's so crazy, dude. It, it really... Life is crazy. Yeah. It's been so crazy. Again, like, can it just be normal for... Um, I'd even be happy with a month. A month. A month of normal? What would normal look like for you? Where I wouldn't have to fucking... Like, worry about nuclear weapons or... Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Are you referring to the stuff that's happening with Russia or, and Ukraine? Yes. <laughs> it's not good when they're saying, hey, people, don't come to work tomorrow and you work at a nuclear facility. What? Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then they're sending out PSAs in New York saying, here's what to do in case of a nuclear fallout. Oh, yeah, and also dude. pack a go bag. What? Yeah. Well, just in case we start growing extra so, arms or... anyway <laughs> eyeball pops out <laughs> um it would be more like not that um i think i would opt for another arm right how come we haven't developed at least maybe we should arm? think about that like if radioactive material yeah. hits us Way how do we want to mutate <laughs> leave it to jd what how do She's we want to mutate it, everyone. yeah like mm. maybe we'll get some extra arms out of it you guys it'll be good <laughs> <laughs> then you can work two jobs. <laughs> oh, sweet oh Jesus. God. Anyways, just shit like that. I, yeah, I, I think the real culprit is there's just too much bad news coming at us 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes you just have to turn it off. For sure. As our good friend JD would say, you just got to shut it down. Turn it off. Like a light switch. That's from the Book of Mormon, everyone. Uh, the musical. Are we talking about the, the Bible or the musical? Um. Yes. Great. So, if you've joined us, this is Old Dirty Benches <laughs> podcast. Hell are you listening? I know to? they're like, wait, am Who I on knows? the right podcast? Who knows? Yes, you are. You are. We're all over the board. Um. This we actually talk about white collar crime on our podcast. Sometimes we will throw in, <laughs> however, a comma. We also tangent the shit out of it. We at do times. a lot, actually. Um, but luckily for you, it's kind of hot today. It is. And so we'll warm. be wrapping it up. <laughs> Ready, go. We're going to try to keep it short. Yeah. As we'll they say keep in the biz. to the point. <laughs> this one's a local story, too. Yeah. Uh, which I had never heard of. Me neither. I have not heard of this one either until you sent it over. Frederick Derenberg. <laughs> Damn it, Darren Berg. <laughs> and we are discussing his crimes. Um, but Fred DB is missing. I just want to let everybody know from the get-go. Okay? Um, High alert. <laughs> uh, we're ODB, yep. Fred DB. Fred DB and ODB. He checked um, out. He did. He checked the way the fuck the out. Run, OTR. He's been gone for a while. <laughs> Check way the fuck out. Um, so uh, Madoff was also brought up on, on this one as well. Um, so Darren ran Meridian Group in downtown Seattle. Um, Never heard of him. Yeah, me neither. I know, right? Um, Madoff had just been arrested in 2009. Darren Berg, a well-known and respected businessman, reassures his investors that their retirement savings are safe. His firm has passed several audits, and Berg promises that there is no magic behind the company's robust rate of returns. Besides Meridian, Berg runs a successful charter bus company called MTR Western, with high-profile clients like Nike, the NFL, and Google. So when the whole Madoff arrest and all of that stuff started coming out, some of the um, investors started to get weak knees because they're kind of shaking in their boots. So to help settle some of the investors, um, he sat in meetings and stated things like, and I quote, there's no magic here. You might think it's magic, but it's actually real meat and potato stuff, end quote. Mm, meat and potatoes. <laughs> I'm in, Mr. Berg. <laughs> 
I think he knows the way to Patty Popcorn Tart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so this guy actually ran uh, his own Ponzi scheme to the tune of roughly 90 million. But the guy actually escaped from prison and is still on the lam. Can you believe that shit? No. I know, man. This is like so Hollywood shit. It sure is. And he kind of looks similar to Matt Damon, I say. I feel like they need to do a movie on right. this. Well, it's kind of like Catch Me If You Can, which yes. they already did. They did, yeah. Um, Doesn't he look like Matt Damon-y? I kind of thought a little um, bit. that guy, Chris somebody. Chris somebody that. Yeah, you know. That, that guy from Chris that Evans? Show. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was on like Criminal Minds or something. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, what is his not name? Not Chris Pine. Not Chris no. Evans. Not Chris Pratt. There's so many <laughs> Chris's in all the world. Chris's. For God's sake. Um, they did say many commented on how much charisma Berg had. See, right? It's a thing. So people only work with like nerds <laughs> or boring people. These are people who never smile. These, That's also yeah, good. These charismatic people are trouble. Okay, I think we've done this long enough. We have. We um so since 2001, Berg had created and operated a series of investment funds. He told investors he would use their money to buy real estate mortgage-backed securities, and seller-financed real estate contracts or private private mortgages. All gambles, he said, would generate profits to repay them with interest. That's so strange. <laughs> Where have I heard that? I feel like there was literally, like, when I was reading this, right? Because this is all along the same timeline as some of the other people that we've covered. I bet he was like, goddamn Bernie Madoff totally made my people skittish, you <laughs> I know? know? Because no they were shit. just like, do-do-do, living the living life. Living the life, thinking then, everything's wait, good. what? Huh? Yeah. And now he's like, fuck, now I got to peace out. Yeah, everybody's buttholes were puckering. <laughs> They're like, shit, I think I need to pull my money God out. I'm getting it. scared. Um, so I kind of feel like I'm um, just throwing out there. There's some kind of con convention that was happening in the 90s. <laughs> con convention. A convention. Yes. Is that what you're saying? That helped these dudes think, I wonder how I can steal money from people. It was like, you know, like something like, a like Despicable Me, but for white collar criminals. What do you think? It could be. Sure. Why know. not? I'm just throwing that out there. Seemed to be a lot of it going around. Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. Okay. <laughs> Look. No, I'm totally with you. He could play him. Totally. 100%. Chris O'Donnell, I've got a part for you. I know. Maybe we should write He's to him. He's a piece of shit, but what are you going to do? <laughs> so tons of people had invested in his company. Um, he raised somewhere around $350 million from investors in about 20 states. So um, Berg, who would sometimes meet clients at a place called the Sixth Avenue Bar and Grill, always arrived at the restaurant with uh, that had Tony leather chairs, a fireplace that crackled in the winter with a check. So every month, one of the clients would receive a percentage of the money he had invested. The two men would order and then talk about business. And sometimes the Mercer Island house 
Berg was remodeling. He had bought the mansion for nearly $5.5 million in 2007. I used to make a joke about that, and I would say Mercer Island, but for Island, I would put a dollar sign for the S. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, expensive it's over totally, there. Yeah, it's so expensive. Shishy. Yeah, it's uh, like our previous episode um, where you had to have a lot of money to live out there. So, um. He spent at least five million more renovating the fifty four hundred square yeah, foot property. Why wouldn't you? You bought a hundred million of other people's money. Yeah, might as well, right? Um, like, sure, no problem. Let's knock it down to start over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had four bedrooms, four kitchens, a home theater, a pool, a deck, and a dock, and a view of the Bellevue skyline gleaming on the east side of Lake Washington. The furniture says that such as a king size bed. With a horsehair mattress was custom made. Horsehair. That does not sound appealing. Wow. That's more do- more dollars and cents. Um a crane lifted mature trees and a stainless steel fire table into the backyard. Like his investors, Berg was profiting from the funds too. Uh-huh. So employees stated that Berg kept them in silos. So literally the employees were saying that within their departments or their teams, they didn't know what the other teams were doing. Mm-hmm. They just only knew what their responsibilities were and they completed them. Berg also fussed over the appearance of his buses, those once imaginary vehicles under the care of Rod Taylor that were now real faring professional sports teams like the Seattle Seahawks. He took pride in those buses, refusing to let them travel on gravel or in snow. They had oak floors and the drivers among about 300 employees Berg had hired were dressed in fine Nordstrom uniforms. But in the downtown Seattle office, his behavior was not always so polished. According to staff, he threw office supplies like staplers and a cell phone when he was upset, busting them so badly that they needed to be replaced. He kept the staff off balance, and he often seemed stressed and angry. After such outburst, he would never admit he was wrong, the anonymous employee said, and I quote, he would just defend, end quote. <laughs> okay. That was a good sign. He sounds mean. <laughs> so um fast forward bernie's getting arrested and investigated bernie's fucking it up for every other con man every con man out there it's like thanks buddy yep is causing the lights to go dim around those con artists around the nation yeah because people are like i want my money yep and then they're like "Uh -uh, uh-uh ruh-roh mm-hmm yeah so uh He's trying to calm the investors, but in 2010, things start to fall apart when one of their largest investors decides that they want to cash out due to feeling uneasy after the Madoff shit. That's like the worst possible case. Yep. Berg can't pony the money up. Oops. (laughs) So by June 2010, a group of investors filed a petition to force several of the funds into bankruptcy. Complaints roll into the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Washington and the FBI. The authorities take a deeper look into the Meridian Group and confirm investors' worst fears. They are part of the largest Ponzi scheme the state has ever seen. Berg's lawyer, Schwartz, explained to FBI that Berg had run a series of investment funds since the early aughts 
but that starting around 2008, when the the market began to falter, he tried to keep his funds solvent by moving money around between them, his other businesses, and his personal assets. Berg thought he could keep his funds afloat until the market stabilized, Schwartz said, at which point he could sell his other companies and pay off investors. Right. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, because that always works out. <laughs> Robbing Peter to pay Paul, Maybe as the old saying goes. not spend $5 million on your stupid house. Well, he basically spent $10 million on it, right? Because bought he it bought and it and then renovated it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's dumb. So uh, the well, governor... He's not that dumb because he's still on the run, right? I mean, the governor. The governor? Governor. The government sent in an investigator who began pouring over everything. Berg refused to give out control of certain bank accounts and post office boxes, according to the court filings. He provided incomplete access to banking records for his businesses, including MTR Western, which was the, uh, the charter tour bus company. The investigator worried Berg was shielding assets from him. Some other investors uh, actually went out and contacted some lawyers who believed that there was enough to identify fraud. They got worried that Berg was going to run. So they sought permission from a judge to seize his assets. And on July 27, 2010, accompanied by King County Sheriff's deputies, um, the colleagues went to Berg's Mercer Island house the Seattle office and his downtown condo where Berg sometimes stayed. Because Mercer Island's so far. (laughs) In case you don't know, it's like half an hour. I mean, like if you ride the ferry, it comes straight, like right downtown Seattle, right? But not from Mercer Island. It doesn't go from Mercer Island? Okay. That's like Washington over there. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, come on, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't look me in the eye, <laughs> but I don't go over there. Um, I'm and, just saying, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I could see living down here and having a place in Seattle. Well, the condos sucks. down there in Seattle are expensive, too. So yeah. I don't know how much you paid for that. Seattle's expensive. Yeah, period. Um, so in case Berg had stashed artwork or other valuables in his yacht and planned to flee for a foreign port. Um, yeah, did you see where they thought? Uh, yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll see him. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I started laughing when I was reading that. Um, so they had arranged for a helicopter to stand by just in case, but as crews were dragging furniture out of Berg's home and business in the surprise raids, it became clear that the helicopter was unnecessary. Berg showed up at his office and soon after filed for personal bankruptcy, putting the seizure on hold. So they were literally trying to seize his assets, but then he went and filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So there was a third property in King County that Berg owned in Magnolia that the also government another nice area yeah that the government didn't know about which what why <laughs> I don't know I don't know dude um remember the investigator comes in and he feels like Berg's not giving him all the information and he clearly wasn't because they didn't know about this house in Magnolia So the next day after Berg has filed bankruptcy and stuff, he quietly sells it for nearly $400,000. Further south. Which is like five bucks to this dude. Oh, yeah. Not very much. But 
if you if you need to get away, right, yeah, it's not too you bad. can stash it away somewhere. So further south in Oregon was yet another home that Berg had paid for, but this one he had built for his mother. So Berg grew up and in Oregon. Like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, do you know where we you gotta go? move Belize. in. We That's gotta where. <laughs> go to Belize. Um, so Berg grew up in Oregon and was the youngest of four. Accounts say that his dad was an alcoholic and he used to pick on Berg. Hmm. At some point, he comes up with an alter ego. Case dismissed. <laughs> he was picked on. <laughs> As a little kid, um, some of his schoolmates and stuff kind of described him as being a little bit of an outcast. Uh-huh. Um, once he graduates high school, he attends University of Oregon. He was the treasurer of Pi Kappa Alpha and mm-hmm. started his own charter bus company. He was responsible at one point for collecting rent from his brothers. Now there's some flags. When the rent wasn't paid, they found out that Berg had taken $21,000 to fund his bus company. Mm-hmm. He left the fraternity and dropped out of the university. <laughs> and wrote a letter saying, how rude, even <laughs> he though did. he did, in fact, steal the money. He did write a letter. <laughs> That's the bad part. He was like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, I will hit you with my gloves. <laughs> Oh, my God. So he he hightailed it up to Washington. Well, first he goes to Portland. A few years later in the late 80s, Berg was tangled up in criminal allegations again. He was convicted of bank fraud in the District of Oregon for stealing approximately $30,000 in a check kiting scheme, a kind of fraud that makes it look like there's more money in a bank account than there really is. So checks won't bounce. The judge didn't give him any jail time. He was sentenced to probation. You know why? He's a white dude. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> well, remember, like... He looks like Chris O'Donnell. That's why. So, if Chris uh, O'Donnell and Matt Damon had a baby, it would be this guy. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell, Matt Damon. <laughs> well, and, you know, the other thing that we've talked about, too, right, with, with white-collar crime, like, going back to the fraternity that he was part of, he stole $21,000. I feel like they probably could have done some sort of mitigation or hearing there at the school mm-hmm. that somehow that would have went on a public record of some sort. Not necessarily like, I mean, they probably could have tried to do some sort of criminal charges. What that would look like, I don't know. But, um, you know, but here he is. it also might be another one of those, like, it's not worth it. Yeah, to go through the trouble, blah, like the resources blah, blah. and stuff like that. Even though they'll freaking arrest people for pot. I'm just saying. This yeah, is stupid, also true. Anyway. Um, of course, now he goes to Portland, gets in trouble there, um, and then leaves Portland after he's finished with that and heads north to Seattle, where he eventually started the Meridian Group. Okay. So back to the investigation. Um, Many of Berg's investments, as he pitched them to investors, involved buying the private mortgages and collecting the loan payments from borrowers. uh, Moss Adams, which was auditing Berg's funds, wanted to confirm borrowers' identities by mailing loan confirmation letters. Only the borrowers weren't real. So as part of the investigation, they're trying to make sure that these individuals actually exist so they mailed out these letters um 
but Berg opened dozens of private post office boxes in August 2007 under fake names, listed the addresses on fake, fake loan files, and forwarded any correspondence sent to the P.O. boxes to an address in Seattle. Then he completed the confirmations himself and mailed them back to the auditor. Is that not fucking insane, yeah, I dude? Mean, he's not dumb, for sure. This That's is crazy. Again. People. Like, if they only use their powers for good instead of evil. But I would have never even thought of this, though. Never. Like, what? You open up all these post office boxes under fake names. And then list those addresses on the loans. Well, I mean, look at that last And then case. forward it all to like, one. Oh, uh, you need to open up another account. You need to cash out this and that. I mean, people, they're really smart on how to get money. Are we talking about... I'm comparing this James to, Duncan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Duncan. Oh, my exactly. God. They're just good at getting money. And then there's the rest of us, like, normal people that... We have to, it just seems like we have to jump through so many hoops to get it like a mortgage or something. And then these guys are like, oh, here, do you need more money though? Do you need more? It's like, what? I know, man. It does seem like that, or it feels like that at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, um, I was also reading uh, an article in the New York Times recently that talked about the amount of COVID relief fraud that was mm -hmm. happening. I saw that too. Did you see the article? Mm -hmm. And it was like basically that um, I think it was somewhere around twelve or 1,500 people have been charged and only charged. like 400 of them have been convicted. And they were like, we're barely scratching the surface. Yeah. Uh, and they talked about somebody who had done a YouTube video on how they defrauded the it. government. I was like, person. or frauded, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, man? That's that's crazy. So while businesses were closing because they couldn't get one of those fucking loans, these people are out there frauding the government. Right. And using the money on God knows what. I don't know. Well, uh, if you read this, it's a jet ski, a boat, <laughs> a plane. <laughs> Uh, apartment houses <laughs> remodeling oh god so yeah did you see his house yeah. did you and his boat and stuff oh my god i didn't see the boat name did you see the boat no name? but was the boat looked beautiful false arrest <laughs> catch me if you can impromptu trip oh my god to escape from danamora <laughs> 2.0 <laughs> it wasn't me um, so a forensic accounting team comes in and, um, turns up other anomalies from Burke's business. So more than 32 million of investors money was spent on MTR Western, the bus company. So of course they're funneling money over from the investors to prop up the bus company. More than 11 million went to Meridian Greenfield, a construction company Burke owned. And of course his Mercer Island home. Over $5 million was spent on Lear jets and approximately $3 million funded yachts. Wow, it's, that's a lavish oh, lifestyle. His, his boat was called the Screaming Coral. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a 65-foot yacht. It's beautiful. He had two of them. 
if y'all have time, Google his house and his yacht, and they're yeah, extremely nice. Two million yep. on the market. Really? After he spent all that money? Yeah, it seems kind of like got ripped off, eh? I guess some people don't want to live in a criminal's home. <laughs> um. Okay, so. Uh, of course, like we talked about, he had a waterfront mansion on Mercer Island with full-time staff. He pl- he flew between there and his homes in California on one of two private jets, and he was always impeccably dressed. The funds represented that investor money was invested in real estate contracts. The government alleges the funds were elaborate Ponzi schemes. Berg seemingly had been working with two bankruptcy trustees in his personal and corporate bankruptcies. According to the complaint, federal investigators became aware that Berg had concealed from the bankruptcy trustee bank accounts a property sale and approximately $400,000 that belongs to his personal bankruptcy estate. At one point, he actually opened a bank account while he was being investigated and transferred $145,000. And then in another account under the name DB five one seven LLC. He wired two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Berg explained that the money came from consulting work he started in er- early August twenty ten, after he had declared personal bankruptcy. The court order in those proceedings entitled him to keep any money earned after the Chapter eleven filing, so he was allowed to keep it. Lame. <laughs> totally lame. Contracts for the consulting job showed the work was related to owning corporate jets. Investigators could only find one of the people who supposedly signed the agreements enlisting Berg for work. His name was spelled wrong, and the alleged consultee said the signature was fake. The money was actually from the sale of the Magnolia House that initially escaped investigators' notice, according to prosecutors, and Berg spent it on lease payments for two Porsches, 12 months advance rent on an apartment in L.A., an Audi convertible, insurance on jet skis and a yacht, and a retainer for a criminal defense attorney. (laughs) Wow, good to have priorities, though. Oh, yeah, and an attorney. (laughs) That's Oh my gosh. So some of the prosecutors actually felt like they were working on a drug case, not a white collar crime. Fraud cases are generally slow, doddering toward a possible conviction. But Berg's... This guy was on fire. (laughs) He was committing so many, all the crimes. (laughs) Even while they're like FBI's looking in on him, openly investigating him, like all that stuff. Um, so prosecutors charged Berg with nine counts of wire fraud and one count of money laundering on October 21st, 2010, and he was arrested. The government asked the judge to detain him before trial because they worried he was a flight risk. Wow. I got something right. <laughs> Authorities had discovered evidence that Berg had tried to establish an offshore trust in Belize. Mm-hmm. He said he had been exploring ways to protect the assets in his bus company right. to ensure them. <laughs> to protect myself. I mean the assets. <laughs> but prosecutors pointed to the move as proof Berg was yeah, trying to run. Doy. I know, right? I mean, and then the other accounts, of course, he's going to try to draw money from those once he escapes and gets out of country. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. So Berg, of course, he was arrested. Um the judge thought he would stay behind, or the judge thought the he judge should said, stay. Do you know who you look like? Chris O'Donnell. 
He should play you in the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be funny, though, if the judge had said that. <laughs> I think they should make a movie about you, Berg. Um, so the judge had him stay behind bars, and he pleads guilty because um, the two sides reach a plea agreement, right? Nearly a year later. In August of 2011, Berg um, pleads guilty to one count of wire fraud, one count of money laundering, and one count of bankruptcy fraud. Uh, Berg was then sentenced uh, on February of 2012 to 18 years in prison for defrauding hundreds of investors of more than $100 million through the Meridian Mortgage Investment Funds he ran for nearly a decade. In a letter to a U.S. district judge sent before Berg was sentenced, Berg's mother, mother wondered what responsibility her son's investors bear in all this. <laughs> Um, all of it? And how they couldn't suspect something was amiss. And I quote, they too must be culpable for a small percentage of the guilt as savvy investors. Good job. For letting their greed overtake oh, their reason. End sake. quote. Who said this? The His mom, mother said that. She's like, I'll see you in Belize. <laughs> So basically, oh you my god, it because you that's were basically what she was saying, and I was like, No, lady, oh that's not god. how it works. I wonder why he's like this, it's so weird. <sighs> okay, so keep in mind, Berg still has a trust in Belize, there's a bank account out there. Okay, I want everybody <laughs> oh, to I keep do, that I'm mind. keeping that in mind. <laughs> um. So uh, what investigators ends up finding is that they can't account for $2 million. Nobody knows where it went. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Only two. Only two million. And then the other hundred thousands of dollars right. that he squirreled away in these other accounts after yeah, the bankruptcy. Weird. So, um, however, comma. <laughs> In Moreover. 2017, <laughs> in 2017, Berg escaped from a federal prison. He was serving time at Atwater Penitentiary in California. So remember, he was sentenced to uh, 18 years to in prison for defrauding hundreds of investors and more, or almost a uh, hundred million. And then um, the prison. Is a huge complex. There are six guard towers from a rectangle around the perimeter. Um, the Federal Bureau of Prisons had declined to offer any details of Berg's escape, except to say that he left the 128-bed minimum security fe federal prison farm adjacent to the maximum security federal penitentiary in Atwater, California, on December 6th. So there's the maximum security part of the prison, and then outside of that, in a separate gated area for low-risk offenders, that's where Berg was at. It's like some sort of farm thing that they have set right. up that they work or whatever. So there's minimal fencing, and there's also minimal security. Because the idea is you're not going to go anywhere because they're considered low-risk. They have a basketball court. There's a track, um, track and field, and there's also a softball diamond out there. Um, the men must keep books and other belongings inside their personal lockers. Only one frame photo outside is okay. And they're generally all required to work serving food in the cafeteria or helping maintain the site for less than a dollar a day. 
So I mean, I was reading that. I'm totally fine with that. I have like no problem. I know I was reading in some of the articles. It kind of made it sound like, oh, he's living it up out there, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, they're considered low risk or whatever. I'm okay with the amenities. I don't think that that's living it up. No. I mean, I would rather have them doing something like productive than just sitting in a room. Yeah, what all day. Yeah. It just probably So is. then what? Then they get out and they're like, I have no skills. Creating mental health problems. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. So um, I think people were complaining because somehow he got out. But we don't know. And the federal government's not sharing the details. Right. So unlike Danamora. Um, <laughs> there is no movie yet. <laughs> yeah, there's no movie. <laughs> um, so he had been at that prison since 2016 but then of course disappeared in 2017 the fbi issued a warrant poster news of berg's escape rankled his investors they had wanted a tougher prison sentence to begin with but then they remembered his mom said it was their fault (laughs) and then they felt okay i mean many of them had to delay retiring some of them took additional jobs um they had to sell their homes uh i read where um People were still waiting for some of the restitution money to come in, and they had already passed away without any retirement or anything like that. Um, So prosecutors expected that some of the victims would be forced into their own bankruptcies because of Berg. At Berg's sentencing hearing in February uh, 2012, Richard Jones, the judge, described a, and I quote, reckless disregard for his victims, end quote. One investor puts his feelings more bluntly. And I quote, I hope he's hiding out, racked with paranoia in some rat infested, mosquito ridden dung hole, fearing for his shitty life. <laughs> I doubt he is, though. <laughs> he's not. So Berg's mother has a book that Berg wrote in prison titled My Apologies, a more than 300 page work in progress. The book was dedicated to I his. I can't help myself. <laughs> I need money. And you have money, and I want your money. (laughs) So the book was dedicated to his mother and sister, and it opens with a quote from Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. Do you want to hear what the quote is? I do. I can't wait. The truth is rarely pure and never simple. That's true. True. Okay. So. I'm on board with that. Investigators actually think he is in Brazil. Mm. The government has been keeping tabs on his boyfriend, a flight attendant who may have had access to private jets and frequently traveled to Chile. In 2019, they got warrants to search his electronics and communication. The boyfriend? Yep. A few weeks after Berg's escape in the first three weeks of 2018, um, the boyfriend posted several photos that investigators believe were taken at a hotel in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, including one that showed three men sitting on a lounge chair and one of them had the same hairline as Berg. (laughs) They got him with the hairline. Okay. (laughs) During that same time, boyfriend also sent a message to Berg's mother with a note that read, hello from Rio, according to the documents. (laughs) Investigators also obtained a message that his boyfriend had allegedly sent to a tarot card reader in February 2018 that was signed Daryl and Darren. Mm. Yep. D&D. 
D and D. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Months later, deputy U.S. marshals tracked down a tipster, a mutual friend of Berg and his boyfriend, who showed them Instagram messages he received from him. One of the messages said, um, "Had just heard from Darren and that he was fine." So, in well, case y'all were wondering, to looking for him in, in Belize. In Belize, but now I guess he's not going to be. He there. might be in Brazil. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he's, I'm, I have no plans to go to Brazil right now. So he's definitely not in a rat-infested, mosquito-ridden dung hole either, fearing for a shitty life. It sounds like he's sitting at some resort somewhere. <laughs> I guess that didn't work out. Living the life, right? Karma doesn't work as fast as we want. No. Okay, and I he's think like, we can all agree on that. Catch me if you can. Much, I feel like everyone can get on board with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was like pouring over all kinds of articles just to make sure that he hadn't been caught, and he's definitely still out on the run. So, um, yeah. That's crazy. So, how, when did he break out? Um, twenty seventeen. And then they found those messages at the beginning of 2018. So, yeah. Living the life. Yeah, I'm curious. I still want to know, though, like, how he got out. Yeah. Do you think he had an insider? I, I almost have Didn't to believe have it, right? I don't, maybe. <gasps> mm-hmm. Which could would have. be a cute dog name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but there was obviously some planning that went into this. Like they had to have put him on a private jet and then fly him out of country. Right? Yeah. I mean, and you know that his mom knows where he's at. Cause he didn't my son didn't they deserve that. It because they were greedy. <laughs> oh, oh my god. That's nuts. Yeah. So I got articles from uh, Q13 Fox, uh, FBI, Seattle Times, um, several articles from Seattle Times. I had not heard one peep about this until I I looked up. Didn't either, or I don't remember. Yeah, I was just like, that guy sucks. No, I literally had not heard of this. No, I don't remember ever hearing about any of this either. Um, And maybe I did hear something about like his escape or whatever, but like. I was like, I don't know who he is, so. I don't know who he is, but he sounds great. <laughs> but he sounds like Let's a bad person. Let's roast him on ODB. Yep, that's what we do here. Roasting. Roasting. Um, wow. So do you have um, any work PSAs that you would like no, to disclose? No, I only have the disclose? one from previous, but I do have a little... Um, I don't know, recommendation, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. I bought some games. We just had a family game night, and so I'm always looking for games. And I bought one called What Do You Meme? Oh, okay. And it was hilarious. It was super fun. It's, it's like different memes like, that like you got It's like Cards Against Humanity, but with meme pictures. Okay. So you put a picture up, and then you have to pick the caption that goes oh that goes i think i've played that game it is so funny yeah we were dying laughing yes and it we got the family one so like oh that's um, cool granddaughter could play too oh cool and uh she just like randomly picks cards i don't even think she reads them all (laughs) she's like i don't know what this means you even read that and she goes well i saw the word poop so (laughs) 
And I'm like, okay. Well, oh your system God. is doing great because she get, kept getting like the best ones. She kept so, winning. Yeah, it was so She's funny. She's just looking for certain words that stand out but to her. But it's also good because, you know, she has to practice her reading. So. That is good. She's like, it's but very funny. what's a spoiler? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a spoiler is. <laughs> that kid is so hilarious. Um, and again, we're going to be doing um, a Dirty Benches confessional line. Yes. We would call like you up. to call us up. Even if, if you have like a funny joke or something. Yeah, share it with I us, I saw please. one, but I don't remember it, of course. It was like a pun. I have no idea. Dang it. Um, you can email us oldirtybenches at gmail.com or, God. or call us at 253-666, not like the devil, 0854. <laughs> 666 D-E-V-I-L. <laughs> that number again. Oh my God. <laughs> it's I a real number. To- it sounds fake, but it's real. Uh, Call it just to see if it's real, right? One of my friends was laughing at me because she wanted to go watch the movie Nope. So I went to go watch it with you her did. for a second time. And you like, watch this part. I picked up. No, I didn't do that. Um, but I did, did pick up on like, a couple hey, new do things. You think they called it Jean Jacket because of Melania's jacket. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I did pick up on a couple things. So Jupe's jacket that he's wearing went right before he gets eaten, right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> There is Typically a. Typically, you say spoiler first. But I know. I'm what? sorry. What's a spoiler though? <laughs> um, so he, uh, right before they get eaten again. Um, <laughs> but you don't know. But go ahead. <laughs> so he definitely thought it was like a spaceship, not an organism out in the sky, because he has a spaceship on his jacket that's like all decorated and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then there was something in on the studio for Gordy's home popping those balloons. How do you know? I noticed it the second go around. How do you know? Dude, I was fully focused on the whole scene. Oh, Somebody's going around popping the okay. balloons. Uh, I saw also that on the poster for the movie, the one that has Jupe with the hat. Oh, yeah. The way that the hat is positioned looks like jean jacket <gasps> oh, over his head. yeah, like a saucer. Yeah. Good point. So there you go. And... We were watching the trailers before the movie started, and there's that one with the nun. I don't even remember what it's called. It's fucking creepy. But I put my napkin up, the my nun? butter soiled napkin from my popcorn up in front of my face. <laughs> I and don't she was think like, I've seen that one. <laughs> she was like, Why are you hiding your face? I was right. like, Because it's fucking scary. <laughs> oh, brother. I didn't watch the whole thing because we had already seen it previously when we went to go watch the movie. The same preview. Yeah, the same yeah. preview. And as soon as it started, I was like, nope. oh, hell no. No, I'm out. Nope. I'm out. Nope. I well, was like, no. I went yesterday to see this movie called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh, was that good? <laughs> and I've been wanting to see it just because of the Paris thing, you know? Okay. And I had said to Chris, like, um, are we doing anything? Because I want to see this movie, and I know you don't want to, and I'll just go by myself. And he was like, what movie? And I told him, he's like, yeah, I don't want to go. But <laughs> I ended up going yesterday. And um, it starts out with her in London. Oh, really? She's from London. Okay. And then she goes to Paris, and it was really sweet, and I really liked it. Oh, so it was a good movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there you go. If it's, like, streaming or whatever. Yeah. It's I, super cute. Dude, we watched a few movies, and now, like, I, I swear I'm brain farting. Them. We did watch um, August... 
I think it's Osage County. Osage. Osage. Mm -hmm. Have you ever watched that movie? No. That's a fucking crazy movie, man. Okay. With Meryl Streep. She's like a, um, she's addicted to pills. And Uh, then Julia Roberts is like one of three of her daughters and they have to come back. Have I seen that? It came out like in, I think in 2013 or something. I don't really remember. There's some crazy scenes in that movie. Like crazy. Like there's one where, uh, somebody passes away in the family and they're all sitting at the table for like a meal, family meal. And she like, just is completely mean to everybody, like calling out shit and just, she calls it truth, but she's really being vile. And then she holds up this bottle. Same, same of, girl. <laughs> she holds up a <laughs> bottle of pills <laughs> and she's like, looks at Julia Roberts character and she's like, and you can just pry this from my cold fucking fingers. Okay. And Julia Roberts jumps up and just attacks her and they're like fighting. It was and then there's another scene where they're sitting down and eating catfish, and she's like, <laughs> Julia Roberts is like, eat your fucking fish, bitch. <laughs> Dude, it was so crazy. Maybe I haven't. This is not familiar. Oh, my now. God. We were watching it, and I was like, this is insane. That sounds like a big downer. So, Oh, yeah. It was totally sad. Um, I'm not advocating that you got to no watch it, but that. some of the lines in the movie were very... Like attention grabbing <laughs> shit where you're like Eat your mm. fish bitch. Oh yeah. She's like, Eat fish your fucking witch? fish, bitch. That's literally what she told her. I was like, Wow. And what else you don't remember? What else you No, watched? we watched like two really good movies and they're totally escaping me now. I can't even Was remember. Was one of them Belfast? Which is now on HBO. No, now. but I did see that. You should watch that. Uh, I watched that on the tr- on the plane going to Shit, dude. I'll have to look it up and then bring it up next episode. It's really good. I just can't remember right now. I'm sorry, everybody. I let you down. (laughs) What a disappointment. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If you got to complain about it, call our tip line. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dirty Benches Confessional. (laughs) You know what? You want to tell us we suck? Feel free. 253-666-08-something? The Devil. Yeah. Six six six. Zero eight five four. Pick up sticks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, let's all try to do better. Yes, please. And uh, be nicer to people in stores. And uh, no, you don't get a bonus or a discount if you go through self checkout. Okay. <laughs> you don't. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. All right. Everybody have a good weekend. (laughs) Bye, Bye. you dirty benches. Bye, dirty benches.